0: Greetings and salutations, all you beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Art of the Beholder, a show dedicated to all things eclectic in the world of art, where we do deep dives into deep cuts and help you understand why damn things matter. I'm your host, Novo Day, and today we're going to be talking about art and music, reviewing a singular album, and honestly, my new obsession, and that is Jesse Ware's What's Your Pleasure. Now, today's episode will be a little unique with what we call a quicker cut episode or a quick cut episode because it'll be eh, maybe a little shorter on the shorter side, but just as sweet. So let's get into it. So Jesse Ware's What's Your Pleasure is an absolute incredible statement in pop music, not only showcasing how the genres evolved, but also paving the way for the future. The album highlights a lot of different kinds of pop music as well, melding a variety of shapes and sounds and textures, but is equally cohesive in scope. Each song, though different, working just together seamlessly to make this album whole. Thus, the piece always feels original, tasteful, and most importantly, progressive, straying from what I consider more formulaic kind of pop, or what's often called maybe bubblegum pop. For this channel, for this show, Jessie Ware lands on one of our lists of artists that is on a long list of acts that we like to cover that has found a lot of success over the years, but for some reason just hasn't crossed over to being that household name yet, but absolutely deserves to be. And this is why we're talking about her today. Before we can really hash out the album, of course, What's Your Pleasure, we need a little background. Originally from London, England, Jessica, or Jessie, Lois Ware, is considered primarily a singer-songwriter at this point in her career, but I'm so happy to report that, of course, she has other talents and can definitely wear a lot of different hats. Uh, the biggest one is that she, and this may surprise you, she's actually a podcaster herself. She's been hosting a show with uh, with actually her mother. It's called Table Manners, a little plug for her, uh, where they discuss, now this is the tagline, of course, family food, and the art of a good old chit-chat. Check it out if you get a minute. Uh, She's also ventured into the world of fashion, in a way, uh, focusing on uh, kids' wear. Jessie's also the younger sister of British actress Hannah Ware. And as she was growing up in uh, London, England, she found herself friends with a number of other artists or uh, artists that actually found a lot of fame later in life, most notably, and uh, this was surprising to me when I was doing the research for the show was Florence Welch. And that's Florence, the same Florence of Florence and the Machine. Uh, Jesse actually, when she actually found success in music, she actually did some guest vocals for Florence on her album Ceremonials, um, which was uh, very fascinating to me. I had no idea that I had already kind of heard Jesse Ware in a way. Her career in music is often cited to have began around circa, let's say, 2009, though I would, I would guess that a lot of her, the foundation of her career started way before that. She found herself working with a variety of artists before doing her own solo track, and that includes Jack Panente, Subtract, and Sampa. Eventually, we found her creating her own work. It was actually on October 14th, 2011, when the world heard her very first solo single, and that is Strangest Feeling, followed by the release of her debut album, Devotion. Now, from there, she continued her career with album "Tough Love," which was released on October sixth, two thousand fourteen. Later, working actually with again surprisingly Nicki Minaj and Ed Sheeran in the years to come. I was very surprised to hear that as well, but uh, excited with the the collaborations involved. Uh, and then she released another solo album called "Glass House" before releasing the titular. What's Your Pleasure. What's Your Pleasure was released on June 26, 2020. So let's talk about What's Your Pleasure. The album was written by Ware Herself, co-written and produced by James Ford, alongside Benji B., Joseph Mount, Kindness, Morgan Geist, Matthew Tavares, and Midland. Track Spotlight, it opens with these incredible silky vocals and synth strings. And they could probably be real strings. Uh, If anybody knows, give me a holler, okay? And that harmony leads into the rhythm section. And this is is when it hits you. This is when it punches you in the face. And you know exactly what kind of album you were in store for. It sets the tone for the entire album, in fact. And we're just, oh, we're welcomed with the synth, bass, rhythm section. And I guarantee you, as soon as you hear it, you're going to start nodding that head. You're going to start moving those shoulders. And before you know it, you're dancing. You're dancing in your car. You're dancing in your house. You're dancing around your house. Wherever you like to listen to music, it's there. It's going to happen right away on Track Spotlight. And we're hearing um, this is she also is kind of showing how she is structuring the album. She uses what I call uh, multiple chorus segments. Now, there's a difference between pre-choruses going into a chorus and actual uh dual choruses that mirror each other or just the use of multiple choruses. We're seeing this more and more in pop music. Uh, We definitely see it more in the more formulaic, um, highly produced forms of top 40 pop music where we see almost little verses. (laughs) Sometimes there's no verses. Or it's it's, uh, very stunted and they go straight into a chorus. And now we're seeing multiple choruses. Luckily, uh, Jesse Ware is smart enough to make sure that we are along for this storytelling ride of a song. And she definitely has verses, but she adds in very tasteful, very original, multiple chorus lines. Track number two is easily my favorite piece on the entire goddamn album. And it's 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 uh, why the album is named What's Your Pleasure. It is track What's Your Pleasure. And the first impression is... Oh my God. The first impression is this song oozes sexiness. It's incredible sexy. It's incredibly sexy, uh, just moving, just powerful. Oh man. There's something about it that is just, ah, uh, just you gravitate towards it. It's a track, it's attractive. And, uh, when I was looking up, you know, videos, to promote her work and things like that i was not surprised to see a lot of uh, madonna-based influences in her and more of the visual work and my god that vocal just kicks again and this production is incredible it's so polished in a good way uh and uh it, it just from from bar to bar it just feels perfect or again again having um we're starting to see the influence from the eighties in her songwriting. And we see that with what I call uh, music asides, you know, there, there may be like a little synth, uh, a little synth key line, you know, right after a bar or uh, brass swells, things like that, just to give it a little bit of texture, a little bit of touch of nuance to uh, how the song is changing, progressing in the movements therein. And because of that, uh, there's a lot of, you know, Music is often called, it can be bright or dark, depending on the, the music theory involved. And this music is so bright, uh, you know, again, because her vocals are so silky and, um, again, for lack of a better word, sexy. Um, it, it creates that bright, shiny kind of uh, melodic output in from the music theory. From there, we move on to track number three. That's Ooh La La. (laughs) And what's great about this is I was listening to it over and over again. I, uh, I noticed that it starts with the sample of like a motor starting up. Is that coming from outside? Is someone mowing my grasses? What, what, what am I hearing? And then I as after subsequent listens, I realized, oh, this is a sample in the track of the song. And, um, from there it moves. We're starting to see the funky side of this album. It's, it's, uh, we're, we're seeing a lot of. It's definitely dancey throughout the whole thing, but there's a um, strong emphasis on funk on Ooh La La. And this is probably the rare times that I feel like there's some actual real instrumentation going on. Not that uh, synth and MIDI is a bad thing, it's not at all. It, this this is a perfect example of an album that does it very, very well, but you can tell that most of the bass lines, the key lines, uh, and, and even the drum lines are done at a, you know, done on a computer done at a keyboard. Whereas there's there's enough complications in the bass lines and drum sounds from Ooh La La that I think these are actually live takes. If anybody knows the real answer to this, please tweet at me, tweet at us at NDP. I would love to know if this is an actual if these are actual bass lines, someone laying these down, and 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 drum tracks. Uh, that would, oh man, that would make my day. And of course, to add to that funk is the percussion. Oh, just the bells, the blocks. I love it. Fucking great, right? And again, we're seeing these musical sides again. Just these little, you know, uh, it could be uh, half up no- half notes, quarter notes, barely any piece. Uh, a very little piece within the bar that creates just these musical swells that just give it this extra texture. And it's uh, incredible to really examine when you when you give it subsequent listens. Track number four is Soul Control. Uh, like the name suggests, this song is incredibly soulful, for lack of a better word. And we're starting to see Jessie Ware really hone in on her vocal range. Uh, the vocal register goes to an absolute another nub- plane in my opinion, during the bridge. And we see a lot of this kind of soulful singing style, uh, reminiscent of the early nineties, late eighties again. And it's something that is not easy to do. It's clear that she has a specific vocal style to most of the album, but in soul control, she takes it to a whole new level and you, you're transported, uh, and in a lot of ways during the song, um, and there's also a guitar solo during the outro that is absolutely superb. Again, it I hate to beat a dead horse here, but it oozes it that 80s aesthetic and appeal, but to an amazing effect and bringing it round circle to... Contemporary production and song structure and pop sensibilities and in just a great way track number five is save a kiss. It is probably the closest thing to more of a classic house kind of song on the album Uh, dance. House music. We uh, growing up, we used to call it techno or electronica. And again, we're getting a lot of those early 90s electronica vibes ala Uh, when I gave it a lot of listens and I needed to compare it to something to really give you guys a brighter picture of what this could sound like. Uh, think of Bjork's post things like that, that kind of 90s electronica aesthetic, and it's absolutely great. Track number six is Adore You, and this is, of course, like most albums, we have a centerpiece, and Adore You is a little slower, And tempo a little more of a ballad and but it's still transcendental transports you and i can see why they picked it as the middle part of the entire album uh track six of 12 so perfectly right in the middle and you feel that way about the song as you're listening to it you think she's talking about you You know, that she adores you because this album is a series of essentially love songs, you know, love, uh, you know, a series of love songs or an album about love is always an umbrella term, of course, because uh, there's touches of romance in the album, touches of relationships and, of course, making actual love. Uh, We can't have that (laughs) or we can't. Have a love album without that, of course. Track number seven is "In Your Eyes," and of course, when most people hear "In Your Eyes," they think of Peter Gabriel and uh, his famous track "In Your Eyes." Uh, that was the first thing I thought of. So at first, I thought it was maybe a cover. It is not. It's an original piece. And when I was just to give you a perfect example of uh, why Jesse wears on that long list of artists that god they are so impressive so already have found a lot of success but for some reason just hasn't crossed over to that household name and when i googled this track to look it up look at the lyrics things like that of course the very first thing that came up in google was peter gabriel's in Your Eyes. And then cl- cl- close to that, you know, and then it was like lyrics and yada, yada. And then uh, down the list a little bit was The Weeknd's In Your Eyes. I forgot that he had a track named that as well, but make sure you put in Jesse Ware's In Your Eyes to really get <laughs> the Google results that you want, right? So In Your Eyes is just another, and we're seeing this through the whole goddamn album, another great use of synth bass lines. And I know this is made on a keyboard, But man, when it's done right, when they pick the right sounds, the right tones, it is priceless. And we're seeing since uh, Jesse Ware is from the UK, from London, I see a lot of uh, I've already talked about the inspirations throughout the album, but I'm definitely starting to see a little more Kate Bush um, inspired pop sensibilities pop up in in a lot of her songwriting and uh, to amazing effect again, because she's using this incredible use of harmony and movement. And honestly, in your eyes, I would call her voice heavenly. Uh, There's a vocal break in the piece that just, I mean, honestly, it'll melt, it'll melt your fucking heart. Right. And this is where we're starting to shift a little bit from the more uh, funk house into disco. Actually, that disco sound from the 70s and even a little bit, I would argue, a big band feel from the 60s. And that moves us on to track number eight. So there's a there's a linear progression from song to song. And track number eight is Step Into My Life. And that big band feel is extended, extended into this piece. And you're feeling it throughout the movements, the song structure, up and down the roller coaster, peaks and valleys. And I guarantee uh, this will be another one that you love. Every song is is close to perfect. It's a it's it's a ten out of ten kind of album. And then we get to track number nine, which really, really shines because it is Prince. It's clearly Prince inspired. You know that level, that kind of funk. Mm-hmm. The track is called "Read My Lips." And it just, uh, it oozes all the the best things you love about Prince and funk and pop, kind of funk and those disco sounds and all of it. Uh, And that that moves us to track number 10, which is Mirage. And Mirage, in parentheses, don't stop. And this is definitely the most danceable song, for lack of a better way to put it especially when they hit the choruses and stuff like that. And this is <laughs> in my notes is actually one of the few times I, I wrote down the lyrics, you know, don't stop moving together, keep on dancing. So she's saying, don't stop moving together over and over again. And then she ends uh, usually the chorus line with keep on dancing. And you, you feel that in the music, there's a lot of tempo and energy. And I guarantee, and not only like the first track that kind of gets you into that mood, by the time you're hitting track 10, you are absolutely dancing. You are dancing, loving it. Uh, everything that you would want in an album like this. Um, and it's, gosh, I just keep going back to the word sexy. It's it's very sexy again. And again, the rhythm section, Jesus Christ, another great bass line from track 10, Mirage. Track 11 is called The Kill, which <laughs> I didn't quite know what to expect when I, when I read the when I read the song name, I was like the kill. Okay. That's a very interesting way to put a uh, song title onto an album. And uh, the electronica here is thick. It's thick. You can cut it with a knife. And uh, though, again, it's throughout the album, you're seeing clearly some of her inspirations um, put onto her sleeve. Um, And of, I already mentioned Madonna, but this is the one that sounds the most, like madonna this is clearly madonna inspired and um i could see a whole uh, video on this kind of paying homage to madonna in fact and uh it's it's incredible as well track number 12 is remember where you are the last track on the album to close it out and here we are at the end in jesse is Jessie is taking you to church. You know, a lot of other so- songs have had a lot of soul in the harmonies and the use of timbers and her vocal approach to the songwriting and how she wanted to sing the pieces. And this one really brings it all together. Ties it in an ice bow. Remember Where You Are is... Oh, man, uh, if I were to give it some sort of comparison, I would I would say it has a lot of soulfulness from uh, jo- Janelle Monet's early work, things like that. It's it's almost written as if it, a full choir was present. I, I doubt it was actually made that way with multiple singers, but uh, you can hear it in terms of the songwriting, the structure and what they clearly were trying to make, um, especially with the the it's not a call and response uh, type of. Uh, choir song structure, but there there was a lot of echoing of uh, backup vocals being added. And she's probably using overdubs, things like that to really bring it home. Uh, but uh, it's a perfect closer to a perfect album. So I urge you to go out, listen, support her if she tours, go see her, things like that. We need to make this album at the least, but definitely Jesse wears work another household name. I mean, it was so this is the crazy part. So when I was doing the homework for this, um, it was a critical and commercial success. It absolutely was. And I've sprinkled this in throughout the, the episode that the fact that she is just simply more popular in the UK. And we see that with some artists that they'll be she's gotten top 10, you know, on their UK pop charts, things like that, that actually measure these things. She's gotten you know, within even on the very first album, I was shocked to see this. She was in the top 10 top. I think it was five. Maybe it was nine. Uh, but uh, regardless, she was in the top 10 of, uh, you know, album sold or streams, listened to things of that. However, they measure the metrics these days. And what's your pleasure? And probably her whole discography deserves more attention, deserves your attention. Definitely this album. My God, this is probably the best thing I've heard in years And though I I think I want to end with this, though I've used a number of uh, different comparisons, clearly inspirations or influences uh, to create some of these tracks, these kind of pop sounds, things like that. It's important to understand that this album ultimately is Jessie Ware. You know, she puts all of these things together. She makes it her own and makes a powerful, moving, everything that an album like this should be still progressive original and just unforgettable I mean I had I knew I had to talk about it um, on my show here because if I didn't if I didn't put it out into the world I'd be listening to this thing for another set of weeks months even I do that I'm the kind of listener that when I get on a man when I get really into an album almost obsessed I I can't touch anything else for a long time. And uh, it's a blessing and a curse. And I think this album is one of them. So again, I urge you to uh, check it out and you will not be disappointed. So thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. And if you like that, of course, you can follow us at all of our socials. That's at underscore Novo underscore day and at Novo Day Media. Uh, you can always uh, check out some of our own products at NovoDayProductions.com. There you will find books like The Entropy Sessions, which you can also listen to on audiobook adulteration, post-meridium, much more to come. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, hit that notification bell. And uh, we would always appreciate a review and a rate as well if you have a minute. Uh, but until then, until next time, you know the drill, guys. Be good to each other. And as always, good luck and Godspeed. We love you. Art of the Beholder is brought to you by Novo Day Productions. Created and hosted by Novo Day and the Novo Day Collective. Facebook.com slash NovoDayMedia at NovoDayMedia on Twitter and Instagram. Music by A Company. Facebook.com slash AcoMusic123 Aco on Spotify. Logo designed by Tom Justice, J-E-S-T-U-S of thejusticecompany.com and executively produced by Clayton Anderson. All rights reserved.